Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you are listening to episode seven of the Secret Sorceress Society. My name's Mary Taylor, aka the Menopause Rockstar, and I've just about done enough procrastinating before I jump onto this solo episode. Now, I was asked a few weeks ago, am I the menopause rock star on HRT? Because as we know, pun intended, HRT is a very, very hot topic at the moment. Now, I personally have so far navigated my menopause transition without HRT, but not without the support and guidance of an amazing, holistic nutritionist, not without the support and guidance of some amazing teachers and educators. But it was a very, very interesting question. And it's most definitely made me take some time to think about my menopause story. Now I've written and shared my menopause story a couple of times. And every time there's another evolution as I become the wiser version of me. And so I've been thinking, and I recently read the book, The Second Spring by Kate Codrington. I highly, highly recommend that. In fact, I'm just going to make sure that I've got her name right. So here we are being hashtag real because that is what it is all about to me. So I'm just, yeah, Kate Codrington, Second Spring. It is the book that I wish I had written. In fact, maybe it's going to be the book that inspires me to write the book because people are always asking me to write the book. And that I absolutely devoured it. And with that question of, are you the menopause rock star on HRT? You know, that made me think, is there an assumption out there that the only way we can show up with vibrancy and vitality and rock our menopause is to be on HRT? Now I know for many women, absolutely hell yeah. But I also know that for many women, including myself, that wasn't an option and it wasn't a choice at the time. And it definitely wasn't the route that I wanted to take, given that I have a history of sort of liver sensitivity. I'm not always the best at detoxing estrogen. So for me to take um, any kind of extra estrogen, my body really, really didn't need that. Now that isn't to say that as I navigate further and deeper into this next chapter of my life, I'm not going to look at and investigate bioidenticals. So I just wanna put that out there straight away. I'm on a mission to help women be informed in consumers, to help us know that there are other options available to us. And also I have so learnt to listen without judgment and to allow each and every one of us to make the choices that we believe are right for us at that point in time. So let's go back to the my menopause story. And I've really, as I say, been thinking about this because when does your menopause story begin? And I'm now wondering if my menopause story started at conception or maybe even before that. 
And the reason I say that is I discovered at the grand old age of 54 that I had been conceived out of wedlock. Now there is no shame to that, but it had never been shared. It had never been discussed. It was something I didn't know. I discovered purely by chance when I was clearing my mum's home and came across a folder of documents, one of which was my parents' marriage certificate where I was expecting it to have the year 1966. Instead, it had the year 1967 after my birth date. And that for me was a real unveiling because my mum had instilled such strong values and beliefs in me about never being dependent on a man, never getting pregnant before the age of 24. My mum had a huge fear around um, either myself or my sister getting pregnant too too early you know and and even though she was an incredibly enlightened woman you know there was no fear in our home around talking about periods and things like that she certainly had this huge um fear of us getting pregnant and always she used to say to me everything was around 24 don't get do this before you're 24 don't do that before you're 24 and in the moment of seeing my um, parents wedding certificate I realized why because she was 24 when she had me now please at no point did I ever feel unloved or unwanted But I had spent 53 years, 54 years of my life not knowing quite a fundamental part about my own life story. And also realising that as a people pleaser, as someone who spent most of their life just trying to make her mother happy, to do everything she could within her power to please her, get the grades, get the job, have the career, earn the salary, etc, etc. I really questioned whether or not that had been my life and therefore embraced this opportunity as a woman who was navigating and coming through her menopause transition to have that moment of, I'm just going to live my own damn life from now on. One, my mum has Alzheimer's, so it doesn't matter what I do. She doesn't even know who I am anymore. She doesn't know my name. She doesn't ask for me. You know, she's in a very beautiful care home, being well looked after. But it doesn't matter what I do, because I'm never going to get that pat on the back. I'm never going to get that smile, that acknowledgement or that recognition. So all of a sudden I had a free ticket. But what it also allowed me to do was really to start thinking about what brings me joy and what brings me comfort and what does a successful life look like for me. Because up until that point, a successful life had been all about what my mother had told me a successful life was all about. Now, some of you may be thinking, and what the hell has this got to do with your menopause story? Well, the more I've transitioned through and the further I've come to be on the other side, the more I've come to realise the importance of our emotional and spiritual well-being on our menopause story. If you had spoken to me 10 years ago, and I'm very lucky through the choice I've made, through the people I've made, 
I've been in this field of understanding and getting ready for and being prepared for menopause from about the age of 45 onwards. I've done qualification, certification, been to workshops, seminars. I've spoken all around the country. I've been on podcasts. You know, I felt very enlightened on the whole subject of menopause. And as far as I was concerned, you know, two and two made four. If I did this and I did that and I understood estrogen and progesterone and cortisol and testosterone and insulin resistance and so on and so forth, I would absolutely sail through. But I always remember there was a quote by Dr. Christiana Northrop when I was doing some of my early menopause training, because at that time, fundamentally, the book to go to was Dr. Christiana Northrop's. Nowadays, I could, you know, give you a whole range of amazing authors, Nicole Jardim, you know, Laura Bryden, Dr. Annika Becker, Sarah, Sarah, Dr. Sarah Godfrey, you know, that was one of my absolute go-to books. They've now gone on to write three or four more as they themselves have transitioned through. But there was a quote by Dr. Christiana Northrop, which I have always shared. Every single workshop, talk, presentation, podcast, you name it, I've always shared this quote. And in it, she states that menopause, and I actually wrote about it in the book that I co-authored, The Women Who Gathered, 34 inspiring stories collated by Lynette Allen. And I wrote this chapter at the end of 2021. And this is the quote. They say that menopause is the time to go down to the basement and unpack the boxes, because otherwise you carry the boxes around with you for the rest of your life. Now that quote deeply resonated with me when I saw it for the first time about eight years ago. But I didn't truly understand it until the last couple of years. And the fact that we all carry around so much emotional baggage, the stories we've told ourselves, the traumas we've lived through, the heartbreak, the heartache, all the things that life throws with us that we just gently pack away, pack away, pack away, pack away. Many of us don't deal with it. We keep running. And that was certainly, you know, one of the things for me. And in the book, The Girls Who Refused Quit, another book I've co-authored, I spoke about the fact that I just kept running and running at life because my coping strategy was just to keep busy and to keep going. But all of a sudden in the last two years, that quote has really deeply resonated with me. And that has become part of my menopause story is truly unpacking many of the things, many of those emotional boxes that I have been carrying around in the basement of my body. And what was also really interesting for me was to discover that in Chinese medicine, the liver is seen as the basement of the body. And for those of you that do know, and for those of you that don't, having a healthy functioning liver to do all that detoxification, you know, break down the estrogen, help it to get released out of the body. You know, a healthy liver is so important to our hormonal well-being. 
if our liver is all stored up and full of, I mean, if I go downstairs at the moment, everyone's got one of those rooms, haven't you? It's, oh my God, we've got a room. It's just full of so much junk, so many boxes, full of so many memories, stuff we no longer need. Well, if our liver's the same, then how on earth do we have that freedom? Do we have that beautiful, clean, healthy blood that gives us vibrancy and vitality? flowing around our body. So I've really come to understand the importance of unpacking the boxes and more importantly, supporting and helping other women to slowly and safely unpack their boxes too. Because just like doing a liver detox that is too harsh, too quick, that your body isn't equipped for and can actually leave you feeling even worse than you started, if we unpack too quickly without the resources, without the support network, without the tools around us, it can leave us feeling very exposed, very bereft, and in a much worse situation than we expected. So for me, my menopause story most definitely started around the time of conception, but maybe it got an extra sprinkle with living with an alcoholic father, Maybe there was an extra huge dollop as well when my sister died at the age of 29. I had just turned 30 myself. She died the same day as Princess Diana and I always honour that and there'll be a very special episode of this podcast on that anniversary this year. And all of those levels of trauma, of stress, of bereavement, of guilt. You know, I carried a lot of guilt and shame for being the survivor. Um, it's no wonder that I have a picture of a Highland cow in the wee hoose. But, you know, sometimes I noticed that I would punish myself either by undereating or overeating um, after my sister's death because I just struggled to acknowledge that why, was, why did I survive and she, and she didn't. And so it's really through a lot of the work that, I, that I've done that I am feeling so much wiser and as if my menopause story really is worth telling. So we're just going to take a little break for a moment. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to take a reading from this beautiful book, Held. Number 66. She focused on just one thing every single day that lifted her heart, made her smile or even laugh out loud. And even with her head full of mist and a heart full of cloud, the sun broke through and opened up a whole new world. She traveled the world with that philosophy, always available when she needed it, nothing dramatic, just one good thing at a time. So welcome back and let's talk a little bit more about our own menopause stories because when, when do they truly begin? I'm very lucky, I'm very privileged that with um, a beautiful lady called Emily Ballard who lives in Barrow-upon-Saw with me, we have just launched the Hormone Cafe and it's been very interesting to start sharing and gathering the women and bringing them together to start to explore. And as one woman said, we don't even know what the questions are that we want to ask because when we don't know, we don't know. And for me, historically, 
my menopause story was very much focused in the physical. As long as I could stay thin enough, as long as I was active enough, as long as I looked young enough, you know, that was, that was good enough. That was, as I said, that was what was going to get me through. Now I have a history as well of very, very heavy periods. It was diagnosed as endometriitis, but on a very, very mild level. And I was given the marina coil. Now for me, the marina coil was absolutely life-changing. I literally felt that I'd got my life back because no longer was I passing out with my heavy bleeds. I felt so much lighter, more vibrant. My energy came back. But we also know that for many women, the marina coil is an absolute no-no. I know some for some women, it has been life-threatening. And therein, lies the crux of every single woman's menopause story, every single woman's hormone story. There is no one size fits all. And it makes it a very emotive time of life, particularly when already with, you know, our progesterone and our estrogen dropping our emotions and, uh, you know, are going to be a little bit um, lifted and a little bit you know jangled and so on and so forth and then you know we, there's so much information now isn't there let's do HRT let's not do HRT let's do testosterone and we need a bit of this we need a bit of that and what works for one woman doesn't work for another and one of the things that's really concerning me at the moment with the huge campaign for HRT is that for the women that it's not supporting and I see this in so many of the groups that I'm in where maybe someone has taken HRT and it isn't working for them they're then left feeling as if they're in the wrong rather than you've either got the wrong dose or the wrong type or it's just not for you and there are other alternatives and then of course we see the millions of women who are absolutely thriving on their HRT and now are being faced with the scarcity of you know it not being available but the key thing is is that for each of us, we need to honour each and every woman's own choices and her own journey. And to hear it without judgment, to honour it, and to simply walk beside her in whatever choices she made. Now, I used to be in the camp of, if it hasn't been, you know, organically grown, hand-picked by pixies, urinated on by golden unicorns, then how dare we possibly take or do anything else but the more women I've worked with the more I've transcended into my own journey the more I've come to understand that each and every one of us has our own journey and we make our own choices and who am I to judge anybody else's choice the other thing I've come to realize is that I was probably in perimenopause much earlier than I thought I was because when again when I can look back now with the hindsight of you know the grand old age of 55 three years on the other side of the menopause transition everything is most definitely starting to calm down predominantly for me I'm going to be very thankful for the last two years of slowing life down for me and giving that me that proper time to pause to reflect to do the work, to deep dive with my one of many coaching, to get to live, learn, love, embody the power types 
to be able to, to co-author co -author two books where I could really get my thoughts and my feelings down around my story. But when I look back, I can definitely see there was a period of time, you know, and certainly for me, in my late 30s, I was in an unhealthy relationship for both of us. So we'd probably overstayed our welcome. I was having severe painful periods. My nutrition was off. Uh, painful sex, you know, all, all of those, all of those things, a lot of um, gynecological issues. And I was just kind of like, oh, you know, buckle up, buttercup, and we'll find, we'll find a way, we'll find a way through. And it was only by changing my diet, changing my relationship in my in my in my 40s as I turned 40, that things started to improve. I also have to admit, you know, I went on the marina coil at that time as well. So, you know, there, there were lots of things in the mix. So I who am I to sit here and say, never take any medical intervention? Now I did choose to come off my marina coil because being the people pleaser that I am, reforming now though, however, I can remember being at a workshop talking about menopause, talking about hormonal well-being, and you know, being very proud of the fact that I was on the Marina call, saying that out loud, and it was like tumbleweed going through, and I was like, oh, I'm doing something wrong, and isn't this the thing? Isn't this the thing? That when we are people pleasing, when we do want to fit in, when we do want other people to like us and honour us, we think that we're in the wrong for making informed choices about our own body and dishonouring our own wisdom. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about and empowering the women who work with me is to really learn to get back in touch with their inner wisdom. However, back to back to the story of realizing. So there was things started to go a little bit wrong around about my late 30s. Got everything back on track in my 40s, got into a new new relationship, very loving. Everything was was going on track. Decided to come off my marina coil because I'd made changes to my nutrition. I'd made some. Oh, no, in fact, I hadn't made any changes to my mindset at all. I was still alpha female, do do do, go go go, running my own business, multitasking, high energy. Let's get in the skinny jeans. Wow, look at me. I'm a size, you know, small size eight, 14% body fat, rocking in the corner, but that doesn't matter because I look so great on the outside. Decided to come off my marina quill because I wanted to transition through my menopause naturally. Because at that time, you know, there was a lot of anti, we were, there was still a lot of information about HRT that was probably misleading. We just need to be mindful that at the moment we're getting, you know, this, we're getting the good information that's out there and making the right choices about what feels right for our bodies. And that, you know, that's what I decided to do. I worked, I used essential oils, I used diet. But I was still, you know, white, white knuckling in, in some points and still moving through determined to do it all. And then life decided that I absolutely needed to take notice because what I've come to realise is probably during my 40s. And thank you, Kate, in your book, Second Spring. 
my body had tried a few times to get me to slow down, to shut up, to put my feet up and to really honor where I was in my life. And I just kept powering through because that's the kind of girl I am. I'll just keep powering, powering through. I'll take some extra supplements, some more green juice, you know, and I'll, I'll be okay. I'll bolster myself up the way and I'll keep powering through. And so again, I've come to recognize that I was probably ignoring quite a lot of the messages and the signals that my body was giving me. And I can remember there was a point, particularly towards the end of my forties, where I was really struggling, but didn't recognize that I was really struggling. And I was struggling to wash. I was struggling to eat. I was literally showing up as this, yay, here I am. Um, kind of gal but my partner would come in and he'd be like have you eaten today have you washed today have you done this today and I could show up for everybody else but I wasn't showing up for myself and I definitely wasn't showing up for him and I can remember having a moment I can't even remember how long this went on for maybe a couple of months maybe half a year I'm really not sure but I can remember the moment where I was juicing <laughs> that's a non-negotiable in this house so you know whatever happened I was still juicing and thinking wow I get it now if someone could give me a pill or a tablet to make these feelings all go away I would take it but I also then remembered thinking but you've also got all the resources and the knowledge so what is it that's stopping you using it and applying all the love and advice that you give to your clients and that was when I had the realization that I was punishing myself for being alive basically and that was quite a powerful message for me to get so that's when I started to do some of the work around healing story of my sister and my mum my relationship with my mum it's really deteriorated at that point but I got myself kind of back on track and then about four or five years ago I got the news that a girlfriend had cancer and in the same week or same month I also got the confirmation diagnosis that my mum had Alzheimer's and that really then was the invitation which I ignored at the time to sort my shit out and by that, I mean my emotional and spiritual well-being and to finally stop pushing and running at life. And it took, I think, until the pandemic. It took until those, the start of those two years. But at the start of those two years as well, my mum's husband became very ill and he passed away in the first summer of the global pandemic. And whilst it was very sad that he's passed, it was also an absolute blessing because it meant I did get to go to the house. I did get to do a lot of the healing. I got to make peace with the love triangle that was my mum, my mum's husband and myself. But also through discovering the... wedding certificate 
all of a sudden having a door open that I have the choice to walk through and start to make some new choices about my own life. I was also at that point really deep diving with my one of many coaching, working with the archetypes and really understanding how by not just harnessing the physical elements of my menstrual cycle, but also the emotional and energetic and spiritual side, I really could become everything that I wanted to be to show up how I wanted to be in the world. So I really wanted to share this episode today because I'm on a mission to help women rewrite their own menopause story. I'm on a mission to be a bit of a beacon for those who want to hear my story. I've kept myself quiet for a bit because I had a lot of people backlashing and that sounds quite dramatic. But, you know, I, I had a lot of people saying, I hate the term menopause rock star. There's nothing positive about menopause. Almost like, how dare you? It's a bit, I almost liken it to being like a mum whose child sleeps through the night. Now, don't get me wrong. I have and had the hot flushes, the sleepless nights, the restless legs, the leaking urine when I don't want to be leaking urine, the itchy boobs that I just want to scratch, the dry skin. You know, I've had quite a lot of the symptoms, but every time I get one of those symptoms, it makes me pause. It makes me stop and it makes me think, what do I need to do differently? I see it like a red light coming up on the dashboard. So when those symptoms come up, they are absolutely, for me, a warning light that says, pull over, pull over, pull over. And if I carry on choosing to drive through, at some point, the engine is just going to break down and then I'm gonna have to call, you know, one of, one of, the, one of the rescue, res rescue services. So that's my invitation to you. Can we rewrite? Can you rewrite your menopause story? Now that rewriting may mean asking for help. It may mean advocating for yourself. It may mean going back and getting a second and a third and a fourth opinion because nobody knows your body better than you do. It may mean that your choice, I call it magic pixie dust, your choice is HRT, my choice is essential oils. Your choice is X, my choice is Y. There is no right or wrong, but we can rewrite our story. We can choose to see this time of life as a way of stepping into our power, of rewriting our stories, of releasing and allowing the girl we used to be to take a break for just a moment and be the adult and step in and step up. And yes, I know that for some women, this time of life can lead to suicidal thoughts, to all kinds of awful, you know, things go, think, I'm just, things going on, my God. I do not want to sound disparaging, but I also want to make sure that we know that there are lots of options. And even if we have to go down a medical route, 
there are so many things that we can do to support us and the more educated we are the more empowered we are the more open we are to have conversations at an earlier time of life let's go back and speak to our daughters about you know their periods and what it means to be you know have this this cycle and how our energies change through the month let's stop pretending that you know that it's normal to leak urine after we've had a baby and do and do nothing about it it really is time for us to take back control of our bodies and i know there's an irony in what i'm sharing with what's going on in america at the moment but the stronger we get here hopefully the less chance of that there is of that happening for us over over here so i'm going away in a little bit of a ramble but i've just i feel so passionate about this and i'm also acknowledging that it's time for me to share my voice and my story because if i keep hiding and thinking oh no one's going to like me then how dare i show up and say there is another way because there is always another way and sometimes we may weave our way through all of the different options that are available to us so i think that's all i wanted to say there'll probably be something a little bit more but let's just take another little break up for a moment so for those of you still watching on YouTube, I'm going to take another reading. Finding new words to articulate, understand and be understood. Inviting in sacred eldership, wisdom and journeying. Sharing medicine and finding her own. Woman medicine, medicine woman, visionary, sage and crow. So welcome back. And just before we come to the end of episode seven. I also want, I've just, I've just had a memory of when I think I sort of became this menopause, this radical rock star, and it was all to do with my eyes. I can remember going to the opticians, maybe when I was about mid thirties and the optician saying to me, well, of course, you know, when you get to 40, this is what's going to happen. This will be the aging process, et cetera, et cetera. And I can remember sitting there and thinking, how dare you tell me how my body is going to be, how it's going to respond and how it's going to look based simply on my age. Now, I have to admit that my eyes, <laughs> I have my mother's eyes. So, yeah, they did do exactly what the optician said they would. But that almost gave me that little bit of rebel without a cause, although the cause was very much about me and thinking, well, what can I do and how can I ensure that growing older is, I embrace it, it's a privilege denied many, and that aging is a choice. And it's the aging process that we do have some control over. You may not believe it, but we can certainly take command through lifestyle interventions, through our nutrition, through our mindset. And in the programs that I run, Gather the Women, Dance Into Your Power, and my six month coaching container, The Calling, I invite you to take the opportunity to see how you can take back control and command of your life by working with the girl you used to be, the woman you are now, and embracing the woman you are becoming. Because there are a whole load of us out there saying, 
this is what the other side of menopause looks like. And the more we can take command, take control, embrace it, welcome it, the better it's going to be. We can all change the story. Dance into your power is a beautiful opportunity to get to know the archetypes, but more importantly, to dance with other women, to be seen, to be heard and to be felt. And then the six month coaching container is an absolute life-changing, game-changing opportunity to retire superwoman because one of the things I would say to anybody is find those moments of pause. We need more rest because the more rest we have, the more replenishment our body can take, the more powerful we become. And we can do all of that by honoring our cycle. So in the six months of the calling, we look at retiring superwoman, we deep dive with all of the archetypes, we understand our needs, we look at our triggers and how we can minimize and release them. We look at how we can then harness all of these beautiful archetypes to show up as the woman we want to be. And I know for many of the women that worked with me on our first season, over the autumn and winter of 2021 into spring 2022 they can absolutely feel the difference it has made to their lives life is still throwing things at them but they feel much calmer they are able to step into their queen use their wisdom process and really just navigate life in a much calmer and more enlightened way which is helping them to stay in their love lane because after all isn't that the best place for all of us to be so if you are interested in working with me doors are now open for the september intake of the calling all the information is on my website marytaylor.com and i would love to dance with you and walk beside you as you find your way home and rewrite your story too have the most amazing day. Thank you for joining me. Take care.